I'm, I'm really speaking about all of humanity, you know, without exception of anybody, you know. And I, I know that um, a lot of the content in the songs is very heavy, you know, but uh, see, fantasy is what people want, but reality is what they need. And I've just retired from the fantasy part because I realized that.
asase ya mpone mwa awodi emwa osama ya adamidie mebewa medaimu metiasea medaimu dwe dwe damilipatwe I am the earth and water, I am the full moon, I am the first mother, the universal womb. They call me sacred lotus, is the mother can supreme, the mothership devotes the first terrestrial being. I come from distant planets, and now I have returned. I am the great goddess, come to you in human form, mysterious by nature, I hold my magic wand, cast my kairi shells and reason in the dirt I stand on. My power is electric, you feel it in my gaze. I will look on when others perish in the end of days. They call it I mortal. I move through space portals. My body turns to dust. I traded for a better model. I am the shrine keeper, civilization teacher. I am the sun's reflection and the divine receiver. I birthed the last giant. Now call the juggernauts. When I designed the trees, I made the roots from my Nazi locks. I am the fertile ground and I am heaven's skies. I'm made of dark matter and full of pure light. I'm just a tiny proton inside the smallest atom. I am a black hole pulling stars inside my chasm. You think you know me, but my name eludes you well. I am your consciousness, and I'm your dream spell. I am but all things, yet I am none at all. Enemies fear me, but mostly they just respect and awe. Something, as we say, I'm compelled by a spiritual force that I cannot resist. Besides me, I say can't keep us by the shade. Um, which means? Which means a spiritual force that I cannot resist.
joyous, joyful exaltations to those who liberate themselves. Welcome to Woman Wednesday. I'm your host, Mariama Tanay. Blessings, greetings, strength, and grace to all within the listening ear. Thank you for joining me again this week. Tonight's theme is manifesting metaphysically. Manifesting metaphysically, part two. We're going to start off in the praise up as there is nothing new under the sun and all things derive from the Most High. We're going to turn to the Bible to Mark 4.22. For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. Luke 8.17. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad, both in Luke and Mark. John 1.31, And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore I come, baptizing with water. John 2.11, This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifested forth glory. And his disciples believed on him. John 3.21 But he that doeth truth cometh to the light. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light. That his deeds may be made manifest. That they are wrought in God. John 9.3 Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. John fourteen twenty one. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. John fourteen twenty two. Jude saith unto him, Not Iscariot, Lord, how is it thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? John seventeen six, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine were thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Romans one nineteen, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showeth it unto them. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showeth it unto them. Romans 3.21, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Rome 8.19, for the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. The manifestation We have to manifest what's inside of us 
onto the planet in order for it to change. It's not going to come from out the sky. It's going to come from within to the outward bound. Romans 16:26. But now is made manifest. But now is made manifest. And by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandments of the everlasting, God made known all the nations for the obedience of faith. 1 Corinthians 3.13, every man's work shall be made manifest. Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. So there will be a trial by fire once it comes forth, because, you know, the evil energy does not want it to come forth. It's pervading. And fear, false evidence appearing real, is what's holding the ones back from full glorification. There's going to be condemnation. But you have to maintain your motivation, overstand. 1 Corinthians 11:19. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are proved may be made manifest among you. Overstand. For there must also be heresies among you. That which they are approved may be made manifest among you. First Corinthians twelve seven. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. It's given to every man. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. 1 Corinthians 14.25 And thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And thus are the secrets of his heart. You got to go deep and reveal it all. Be made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God. And report that God is in you of a truth. In you. Of a truth. Overstand the plan and the deviation and the purposeful distractions and the sideshows and the main stage and the smaller stages in the program. You have to make manifest who you are within this time frame. You get this one shot, and then it's over. We've all been to funerals, right? And then it's over, so then you have to stand up within yourself and know that Jah has a plan for us. Jah has a plan for we. We're going to take a music moment and come back for tonight's theme, Manifesting Metaphysically. Blessings and grace. Oh, 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 oh,
But you don't get caught up in what is going on. The world is raging and the enemy feels strong. Try tribulation to the left, propaganda to the right. Now we need to get it together, come together and unite. Make things the best supposed to be. But Like money collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Blessings and grace, and we're back with tonight's theme, Manifesting Metaphysically. We're going to start off with um, DNA alchemy, overstand, continuity of our actions, truth and integrity to achieve our goals. When we go about our day, we may not realize how many times we do something that does not have continuity with our desires and goals for ourselves. As an example, this occurs when we do something like sign up for an email list at a website and then immediately block that website from fulfilling our request. When we tell the universe one thing, then we want ascension, unity, oneness, brotherhood, and then we do not act with integrity and in accordance with our original goal. We cancel the original message to the universe, seeing an integrity in word, action, and deed, body, mind, and spirit, not just in your mind saying it to yourself that it sounds like it's a good idea, but really actually going through life completely in truth and integrity with what you are putting out there concerning your own energy. We all have these moments when we do something not in integrity, it's usually because of some form of fear or discomfort that has us stepping a different direction so as to not to wrestle with the stuff that might come up to deal with. When we know we have done something not in integrity because we feel uneasy, we feel uneasy inside about what we've done. It does not mean that we can't change our minds, like with the email request example. But being in integrity would take an action that may include a conscious response. You know, you have to have a conscious response to all that's put forth towards you because it's put forth for a reason. Your past has already been designed and laid. God's spirit has already made manifest inside of you. It's for you to bring it out. And you have to follow the magnetism of the people, places, and experiences that that draws. You know, you're constantly telling the universe who you are, who we are, by, by our actions. So all, all things exist now. Everything that could ever exist already exists now. There is no, you know, we're here, this is now, you know. Everything's already done. Choose what you want. It is done. Once you choose it, then you become a magnet for it, and then things get aligned towards you. And when that flood comes, you can't be afraid of it. The ideas, the interested parties, the situations you find yourself in because of that choice. Release anything that comes up in the emotional body that denies your manifestation. Release it. Know it is done. Make intentions. Use your power. Choose everything that serves your power, that serves your purpose. 
And if it ends up not being what you want, it, choose again. But make powerful choices. Be clear and specific in your intention and then let it go. And act as if. Act as if. It's already manifested. Walk in it. Declare it and be it. Stand firm in your word. Say what you mean, mean what you say, and walk in your talk, right? Know as you live your life, you are consciously consciously living, and you're consciously creating the future, and trust that it will come into creation. We have many filters and veils that the emotional body has put up into place life after life and time after time and experience after, you know, drama and trauma. And these veils and filters are karma. And we decide to implement karma as a tool to experience life. We put these filters in place so our fragments don't merge. We can choose to reintegrate our fragments back in this lifetime if we so desire. There are examples of it all over the world. Of people living the truth and being happy and fulfilled and manifesting their gift. The only thing that stops us believing our manifestations are already here is our emotional body. And that's where the meditative work comes in and the chakra healing, and the time of the day, and the crystals and minerals. It's time to give ourselves acceptance that what we desire to manifest is our choice, and it's up to us, and there's nothing standing in our ways. Step out of your own way. Accept that your creations are truly in motion. Accept that your creations are truly in motion and release and allow the breakthrough to happen. And it's a quiet thing. (laughs) Overstand. Trust in the universal consciousness of the Most High that, that shines brightly within your heart. It is your divine birthright as you have created it and asked for it, and it was already inside of you. All levels of the soul and body are merging. Nothing is being lost, transforming yourself into one being and not losing anything along the way. There's no separation, only merging, and in the merging, you're returning home to your divine self and your connection with the Most High. We are already divine beings. When your ego shows you things that are contrary, just remember it was created as your governor to keep you in the game. (laughs) Right? The ego keeps you in the game. But it's the Most High that sustains you And it's the integrity of your actions and your words and your deeds that reflect you, right? 
And that's how the manifestation takes place. And we have metaphysical senses. Um, I'm going to start off with clairsentience. Clairsentience is a metaphysical sense that relates to reoccurring physical and emotional feelings. This is known as clear feeling and signifies divine guidance. Clairsentience, clear feeling, is one of the four metaphysical senses. And the others are clairvoyant. You've probably heard of that, which is clear seeing, clear audience, which is clear hearing, and clear cognizant, which is clear knowing. It is one of your four metaphysical senses in addition to your physical senses. If you had any physical or emotional feeling washed over you without a discernible connection to your current state of mind, you have just experienced clear sentience. You know, so there are ways we have to be open and receptive. You know, so perhaps you feel sad or anxious all of a sudden without reason or feel unpleasant, sense of foreboding. You may be experiencing physical symptoms that belong to someone else, you know, or to the energy that's around you. And we need to be open and, and, and understand that. And that's where empathy comes in, you know. Empathy and sympathy are very important. And feeling your feelings and recognizing the connections to your thought patterns and what's happening around you. We have to be present within ourselves and not allow these, these um, distractions to take us off course. And types of clairsentience is empathy, um, you know, also, psychometry, psychometry where someone uses touch, they can hold on to an object and tune into its energetic frequencies. You know, jewelry is often the object of that choice. You know, um, but we have to pay attention to our emotional feelings because those are manifestations of itself. And clairvoyance, which is clear seeing, is a metaphysical sense that means that seeing a mental image within your third eye, which is also known as your sixth or spiritual sight. You know, there are ways to observe clairvoyance. You may have visions of visual flashes while awake, or these visions may also come to you in your dreams or when you're in a very relaxed state as pictures in your mind. You know, when those things happen, you may want to get a pen and paper jot down some notes or doodle and see what words come out. You know, it's that's the spirit of the Most High within you talking to you. You're having those flashes in your mind, those thoughts for a reason. Your mind keeps going to that one scene or remembering something. What is it about that remembrance that's attractive to you? And And, and is that part of what you're supposed to be manifesting? And clear audience, in short, means clear hearing, either by mental or physical means. It's like having a mental inner ear. You know, you could just pick up um, thoughts and forms of energy. You know, it doesn't have to be as, you know, grand as they show in the movies where you hear an actual voice. But energies relate words and terms to you as well. 
You know, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And clear cognizance is clear knowing. And, it, and it's a metaphysical sense where you know something to be correct. But, they, but you might not be able to back up your statement with fact or how you came into that information. You know, so pieces of information will randomly pop up in your head and you know that you're right, you know, without anybody having to tell you or doing any further, you just know it off, off bat. That's clear cognizance. Clear knowing of something that may have happened in the past, present, future, or about another person. Many times you will just know the answer. And so ways to develop clear cognizance is automatic writing and, of course, meditation. You know, meditation is a very solitary thing, but that's the whole point. You know, they want us to think that God is just like a building and a place and an address on a certain time of day in a week, and it's spoken through just this one person or this type of denomination. And, you know, you have to get in touch with you because God resides in you, right? Break a branch, I am there. Lift a rock, I am there. That's where it starts, ends, and begins. You know, so one of the other things I wanted to touch on um, before I'm closing out on this topic is there are different ways that you can cleanse your space. You know, there are many different things you can use to metaphysically cleanse your space. You know, one of my favorites is um, sage. You know, um, there's also cedar. And it's used for calming and comforting, purifying and protecting. I covered how, you know, plants, and foods and, you know, fruits and vegetables have frequencies, and we have frequencies. And, you know, these energies are in everything. They're not just in crystals and, you know, in the herbs that you drink. It's also in the burning. And so juniper is used for centering, clarity, cleansing, and focus. Lemongrass is refreshing and good for communication, and, and it has a calming scent. Pine is cleansing, renewal, and strengthening. Sage is cleansing, balancing. It banishes supposedly negative energy, and it's strengthening. And sweet grass, um, also, you know, a lot of um, it. It helps with the um, opening up the mind to ancient wisdom, and um, of course, frankincense. You know, and myrrh. God bless my brother. In heaven, um, in ascension, he always told me, don't burn them together. Burn frankincense and myrrh separately. God bless Ronald. And so, you know, hopefully this information has just opened a door, you know, in your mind's eye of how you're going to manifest what's already inside. And let the Most High be your guide. In Jesus' name. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the Gnosis. Blessings and stress. Get up when the sun sings. Oh, yeah. Oh. Gonna fall for anything. We had a day to solve the problem, the day to make a better way. The only day 
you better try to help yourself to provide for all the way. Well, I've got them to do this and I've got them to do that. Youths nowadays don't no feel no one for that. Stop for your brother for the food in a pot. Better your tongue, God, for the life where you got. You cannot blame another for your discomfort. Enough I said them real and we find out say them not. Things where them mad do them good, they pick up two shots. Your time for rise, so you can't watch that. You don't stand for something, you're gonna fall for anything. We are the day to solve the problem, the day to make. You better try if you help yourself provide me all Feel good for your bread that you him have a carousel No need for bad mind you will get one this year Fire burn the oppressor we I bring with the tears We happy reach and we a conquer with fear Now it's a hustle you a hustle well you must make a thing And if a great you a juggle you fake one do your thing So if you is a then you know fi stop a sing and if I still a see you say you fig one yell the king. You don't stand for something. You're gonna fall for anything. We are the day to solve the problem. The day to make a better way. The only day we can depend on. So let us start with us today. You better try if you help yourself. I provide me all away. So me say get up and do something. Get the youth so no no fi stop hunting. And that no mean you fi pick up no gun thing. So no make nobody tell you say I can't win. If you don't stand for something, you're gonna fall for anything. We are the day to solve the problem. The day to make a better way. Maybe I just need to be more thankful, give my offering. Uh, and she 
anything my life offers me Or maybe I need one more lot A little more stay Another head wrap Or maybe just a day Sleep, meditate and watch time Netflix Or maybe I just need to find my aunt's necklace I'm reckless and I know enlightenment isn't matter My mind's above these paradigms I need to change my pattern Or maybe go to Saturn I can't even find this shit in my journal. Like, I don't know. Where does shit go? Stuck here. I'm stuck here. Here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Never them, but right around. 
Blessings and grace, and we're back with the going gnosis, your news infused with consciousness. And I want to give blessings and extra prayers to 
all the ones that are dealing with nature right now and the extreme sense that this continent has supposedly ever seen. You know, I don't know what the word is for when you have the largest flood ever followed by the largest fire ever. You know, in California, um, Governor Jerry Brown issued a state of emergency for Los Angeles County back on Sunday due to the ongoing Latuna brush fire near Burbank. And since the fire started Friday, it burned more than 5,800 acres, and it forced residents to evacuate. It's the largest fire in um, supposedly history of this magnitude. And so they're using prisoners um, to fight the fire. You know, um, they have the California Office of Emergency Services, California's inmate firefighters choose to take part in grinding and dangerous work they do, and they get paid for it, though not much, and they have to pass a fitness test before they can qualify for the fire camps. These are the inmates in California's prisons. And so um, they have to pass a test, a fitness test, before they can qualify for the fire camps. But once they're accepted in the camp, the training they receive, which often lasts as little as three weeks, which is significantly less than the three-year apprenticeship that the full-time civilian firefighters get. The inmate labor in California goes back to the mid-19th century, and the earliest official state prison um, was located in Waban, which was a 268-ton ship. So you have all types of people involved with these natural disasters, and prayers go out to all the ones that are fighting these fires. And um, supposedly, they, they, the last I checked, they had about you know 40-something percent under control. Hopefully, they get the rest of it under, under control shortly. And then also in the Caribbean, we just had Hurricane Irma, you know, um, hitting Antigua and you know coming through Haiti and Puerto Rico, and supposedly. Hurricane Jose is right behind it. I believe that makes five for this um, area right now. And also, blessings to um, the ones in Houston and Dubai and Niger, where they all experience flooding on massive scales. And so the world is being deluged for some reason. You know, some suspect that it's HARP. Um, you know, no one really knows. These are times that we're living in and we're experiencing it. And um, I just wish that um, the so-called powers that be that has prior knowledge to all of these circumstances are not being proactively prepared in these places for these circumstances. You know, we have one of the largest budgets for the military. You know, I understand that America is the police for the world, but we need to have, you know, real, you know, homeland security. <laughs> and securing the people, you know, and being there for them with the tax dollars pay for during these type of national, natural, national disasters. You know, it, it's it's really horrific to watch the news and see all of this going on. And so all we can do is, you know, counter the currency overstand because there's lots of currency going on. 
We can counter the currency with frequency of love and blessings and strength to those and believe that they will feel it and be motivated by it and not break in the face of such devastation. And um, the American Red Cross exec doesn't know what portion of donations go to Hurricane Harvey relief. And this is on the jasminebrand.com. As people begin to donate money to victims of Hurricane Harvey, there have been a few vocal celebrities like Chris Brown and Rappel T.I. who have blatantly stated that they will not give their coins to the American Red Cross. According to a new report, some might be surprised to learn that the Red Cross, one of the most prominent charities, won't and can't say what percentage of their dollars will go directly to helping the victims of the storm. Dating back to 2014, NPR and ProPublica have reported that the Red Cross misstated how donor dollars are spent. A study released by Senator Charles Grassley, a Republican from Iowa, concluded that the Red Cross had spent $124 million, one quarter of the money donors gave for the earthquake relief in Haiti in 2010, on internal expenses. $124 124 million for internal expenses for Hurricane Haiti relief. In an interview with Morning Edition host Alyssa Chang, Red Cross executive Brad Kasterman was asked about reports that the charity had unusually high administrative costs. Kasterman, vice president of disaster operations and logistics, said, We are committed and I am committed. My team is committed using our resources and donor dollars in the way that best helps the people of Texas. Kesterman said that as of Wednesday morning, the Red Cross had spent $50 million in Harvey Relief and mainly on 232 shelters for 66,000 people. And so um, Alyssa Preston, she said that NPR had reported that 25% of the money donated to Haiti to the Red Cross after the 2010 earthquake went to internal spending. Chang said, is that still happening? Such a substantial percentage of donations going to internal administrative costs rather than to relief. Kasterman said, it is not something I would have any visibility on. I can talk about what it costs to deliver certain relief services. Chang said, yeah, Kasterman, but but, but the way the internal revenue stream works, uh, Chang said, you don't know what portion of the amount. And Kasterman said, not really. And he, and then so she asked, you don't know what portion of the total amount is for relief? And he said, no, I really don't. I wish I could answer your question, but it's not something I have visibility on and the role I play in the organization. And meanwhile, he's speaking for the organization. He's doing the morning edition with host Alyssa Chang. And, you know, he's an executive. He doesn't have visibility. Meanwhile, $124 million of all these donations are going to internal costs. On some positive news on AmericanExpress.com, why the growth of black business is skyrocketing. Black entrepreneurs have seen their businesses grow in leaps and bounds over decades. But what barriers still remain for their success? So, you know, it's a really um, great thing to see that You know, first published in 1973, the combined annual revenue of the companies on that list back then was $492 million, and inflation adjusted to $2.6 billion today. Fast forward to the most recent um, BE100's report, and you'll find that the 100 largest industrial service companies 
generated combined annual revenues of $19.1 billion. So we are generating dollars as far as black-owned businesses, and that's a blessing that in spite of the downtrodden look that the media gives, that ones are manifesting <laughs> all over to, to the tune of $19.1 billion. You know, and this does not include an additional $7.2 billion in annual revenues generated by a separate list of 60 largest auto dealerships, nor does it include the revenues of companies and additional rankings of the largest black-owned advertising agencies, banks, asset management companies, private equity firms, and investment banks. You know, so this is a blessing, and so I hope those that are within the listening ear are inspired you know, about, you know, breaking down their own mental barriers to move forward and to gain an entrepreneurial education, you know, and um, figure out access to financing, you know, and um, go on that entrepreneurial journey and see where it leads you and know that there are others that are already there and they've paved the way. Something I found really interesting um, on africa.cgtn.com, the Ghanaian government advised to limit the number of children to three per family. This is on August 21st, 2017. Experts in Ghana's National Population Council have proposed to the government to limit the number of children to three per family to curb the population fast growth rate, reports City FM Online. The way forward is to have a population policy implemented. The growth rate should be reduced. They want to reduce the growth rate of Africans. The, the, the growth rate should be reduced, and we have to talk about the quality of life. Executive Director of the National Population Council, Letitia Adelaide Apia said, Ms. Apia believes the restriction will ensure quality in human resources as well as in the West African nation. You know, the 2016 population and housing census pegged Ghana's total population at 28.21 million, while the United Nations estimates it to be 28.73 million as of August 20, 2017. Ms. Letitia Apia said the astronomical growth rate of two and a half has been maintained in Ghana for the last 30 years, negatively affecting the country's economy and development. Those two things do not coincide. If the people were allowed to be, you know, themselves and to make manifest what the Most High put in them, then, then the nation would be a better place. But they're talking about restricting the number of children, like they had in China with the one-child policy. And we saw what that led to. All those adoptions, all those orphans. Pray for them to be confounded and um, for there to be great dismay and that this be frowned upon and it, do, and, it, and it does not go through. Right now, it's just a proposal that this council has put forth to the government. So pray that it does not go through. And on thestate.com, parents of an academically advanced African-American girl, Sue Richland, one, citing abuse. 
So parents of African-American girl at Columbia Hands Middle School have filed federal civil rights lawsuit against the Richland School District 1, alleging the school officials did little for two years while their academically advanced daughter was physically and verbally abused for acting white. Hand Middle School students called the girl racial slurs and physically assaulted her on numerous occasions, says the lawsuit. Filed in the U.S. District Court in Columbia by Alex Young, a soldier at Fort Jackson, and his wife, Tasha Moffitt, a consultant. Although approximately 50% of the students in Hand Middle School identify as African-American, the girl was one of the, one of the few African-Americans in her honors and advanced classes during the 2015-2016 and 2016-2017 school years. Kudos to her, the lawsuit says. Hand Middle School students called the girl racial slurs like Oreo, white girl, wannabe white girl, and generally maligned her for acting white, the lawsuit alleges. Both boys and girls were involved in the bullying. During those years, she was repeatedly pushed, shoved, and tripped in the hallways and other locations around Hand Middle School and suffered several notable physical assaults, said the lawsuit. Although the parents reported the harassment to the school officials, District-level officials and school board members, little was done, and the bullying continued. The parents tried numerous times to meet with the Richland One superintendent, Craig Witherspoon, but Witherspoon told the people he was avoiding them, the lawsuit says. So Richland One officials respond to the query about the lawsuit, whether the students are protected against bullying this way. It is our practice not to comment on pending litigation. So we have to really look at how these schools are protecting our children, again, emotionally and psychologically, because this should not have, you know, gone to this level. They were physically assaulting this child, tripping her. What's the point of sending your child there then? To come back damaged. For wanting to have knowledge and, and master things and being advanced. God bless her spirit and give her grace in the in the face of absurdity and ridiculousity. Okay, on WashingtonTimes.com, um, a GOP lawmaker warns black Democrat may go missing if she tries to remove a Confederate statue. A Georgia Republican lawmaker warned a former Democratic colleague in Atlanta that she may go missing if she tries to bring the Confederate statue debate to southern Georgia. State Rep. Jason Spencer of Woodbine made the comment in a series of now-deleted Facebook posts responding to the Atlanta attorney and former Democratic State Rep. LaDawn Jones, according to the screenshots captured by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You know, and so he said they will go missing in the they will go missing in the Okanokee swamp. He wrote in a response to a sympathetic commenter, "Too many necks there are red around here. Don't say I didn't warn you about them." Ms. Jones, who represents the Atlanta-based district from 2012 to 2016, replied, "Sounds like a threat of physical violence. Is that what we're doing now?" And so she said, winter is coming, she warned. You know it, too. Otherwise, you wouldn't have found the need to even make this post or those hollow threats if, not coming to, if, if it's not coming to South Georgia. I mean, there is no more mask. As we saw in the march, their, their white hoods are off. State representatives are talking about people going missing in the Okanofi Swamp. 
if they try to touch a statue or bring or just even bring the debate about a statue of an of an of an idol that wrecked havoc on people in some way, shape or form. And then the thing that I found really interesting is that Miss Jones at the end she says, which is, you know, just shows that she's boule all the way. Um, she says, Mrs. Jones says she was concerned about Mr. Spencer's comments, but gave him the benefit of the doubt. How can that woman say that? But gave him the benefit of the doubt because their friendly relationships during her time in the Georgia house. If it were anybody other than Jason Spencer, then I would be alarmed. But we had a unique relationship in the Georgia legislature, she told the Journal Constitution. If it had come from anybody else, I'd take it as serious threat. It was a threat. This is a problem with a lot of these so-called elected officials and community leaders. They're really selling people out because that was a threat, and it should have been addressed fully and expanded, and she should have been on every talk show, and he should be fired and shamed and ridiculed for even talking about some Okanopi swamp business to a black woman on Facebook as a state representative. And on CNN.com, um, you know, again, it's about the Monday afternoon, the cinders were still smoldering near Burbank, and they only had, again, 30% contained. So now it's up to 43% contained. And the I just clicked back onto the pictures of this fire, and it's really, I mean, it's like something out of a movie. You know, and I can't believe that this is happening in the world right now. And so that's why it's so important for us to manifest. It's so important for us to align with the divine and get in touch with what it is that we have to do here to heal this planet. You know, and on um, greaterthanheroin.com, it's been all over the news how the opium epidemic became America's worst drug crisis ever. You know, the drug overdose now kills more Americans. The drug overdoses now kill more Americans than HIV and AIDS did at its peak. So people are dying more than they did back in the 90s and the early 2000s with, with um, HIV and AIDS. The drug overdose now kills more Americans than HIV and AIDS did at its peak. And so it's 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 happening... Um, with the painkillers and heroin and all the different opiates, and those are all prescriptions, you know. And so the opioid overdoses are one of the reasons that the U.S. life expectancy has declined for the first time in decades. And so it's happening in um, West Virginia, New Hampshire, very strong. I mean, it's happening all over the country. But the majority of the deaths taking place in West Virginia, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, and Ohio have hit particularly hard, suffering far more deaths than even other neighborhoods on an annual basis. And it's really been concentrated along the Rust Belt and and, and also in New England. And um, white Americans are dying disproportionately, you know, um, with, with, with this, with this epidemic. And, um, they're suffering far more far more overdose deaths than their black and Latino peers. And um, 
one of the reasons for the disparity may ironically be racism, according to this article, against non-white Americans. Studies show that doctors are more reluctant to prescribe painkillers to minorities because doctors mistakenly believe that minority patients feel less pain or, or are more likely to misuse and sell the drugs. In a perverse way, this shielded minority patients from the tsunami of opioid painkiller prescriptions that got white Americans hooked on opioids and led to a wave of deadly overdoses. I mean, that's, it's still horrible, irregardless of the color, of all of those, you know, children left without parents and those families affected, you know. Um, it's really horrible. And it's more people dying now than they did during the peak of AIDS. That's, that's, that's a real devastation. And so Americans consume more opioids than any other country. That's why it's so important to know the nature of the most high with the herbs, you know, and the bark and the root of it all. Americans consume more opioids than any other country. And so um, in some states, doctors have filled out more painkiller prescriptions than there are people, this article says. They filled out more painkiller prescriptions than there are people. And so the drug companies have made lots and lots of money off these opioids. And at the same time, Americans are reporting greater levels of pain because of the side effects. And these things are just Band-Aids. They're not cures. It just disguises the symptoms so that you don't feel the symptoms, but you still have the issue. And so painkillers are often um, prescribed for long periods of time, and even though there's no evidence that they effectively really treat chronic pain. You know, so now states are finally cracking down on on opioid prescriptions, and 10 states right now have legislation that limits opioid prescriptions to seven days or less. And so heroin overdose now kill more people than commonly prescribed painkillers. So blessings and strength to all those affected by those by by those by those energies of addiction and affliction. In Jesus' name, we're gonna take a music moment and come back with tech knowledge. Blessings and grace. She was the woman that grew tired of bleeding in silence. So she taught herself to stop swallowing her tongue. I wonder where the trees are. And I wonder where the leaves fall. Contemplating on what I have forsaken. Now is the time for the reason to make it These kicks I'm decorating Oh, you from Jersey, we're shaking, baby, baby You and me, we are in a small world Close your eyes, open your ears Focus on what you can hear Vibrations are here and there the negativity that's in you uh, Make it disappear Make it disappear Darling, have no fear And I wonder Wonder where you come from And I wonder Wonder about this generation 
Blessings and grace as we move forward into technology so we can have technical knowledge to forward our movement in a conscious way. Overstand HuffingtonPost.com. Um, Atlant is a new company. Invest, rent, and trade on blockchain. I talked about blockchain technology um, in a couple of podcasts during the, during the technology segment. Um, at least five podcasts ago, I think I really went in depth at one point. Um, so blockchain technology has been exploding through a recent wave of initial coin offerings, ICOs. An ICO is a new investment vehicle that leverages the global reach of cryptocurrency and distributes tokens to investors instead of traditional shares. So real estate meets blockchain. So almost every industry has entrepreneurs attempting to disrupt their respective status quo by fusing the decentralized power of the blockchain to the archaic practices of their industry. However, one industry in particular has intrigued many investors who were looking for a disruptive solution, real estate. Even though real estate remains one of the largest assets classes in the world, concurrently it remains one of the most inefficient markets due to the lack of liquidity. Fortunately, the public demands for the fusion of blockchain technology and the real estate market has been answered by services like Atlant. Atlant is building a platform that will aid in the tokenization of real estate. With a secure, tamper-proof system based on the blockchain, users can trade parcels of property on Atlant's platform and bypass intermediaries and rental deals, creating a peer-to-peer transaction model. So this is where, you know, AI and technology is going to – real estate brokers, right? Rental property managers will still have a place, but the brokers and the agents, this is where they're cutting them out, creating a peer-to-peer transaction model. Currently, Atlant provides two main features to address known problems in today's global real estate, tokenized ownership and peer-to-peer rentals. So this is going to also affect um, services like Airbnb, Expedia, and Booking, and others. So tokenized ownership will simplify every type of operation with the real estate, including property investments and ownership transfers, either partial or complete. Remember, blockchain is a ledger, 
to put it in common sense, it's a ledger that's embedded within the Internet system of things. And so there's no need for a person, and it's just a concurrent ledger that keeps going of transactions based on an account. And it's run on, you know, AI. And so there's supposedly less, you know, um, infrastructure there for there to be any kind of really bad situation where the accountability couldn't be extracted. So real estate tokens representing a share in property ownership will allow the liquid real estate market with transparent prices. Price discovery, peer-to-peer rentals will make it possible to significantly reduce fees taking from both parties, tenant and the lesser, and minimize the possibility of fake reviews and forged ratings, which are the main problems, so this article says, of existing centralized rental services such as Airbnb, Expedia, Booking, and others. And so according to Goldman Sachs estimates, Blockchain-driven property records could drive up to $4 billion in cost savings due to reductions in headcount and actual risk in the U.S. alone. So by registering real estate on a distributed ledger, blockchain could streamline the manually intensive practice of examining public records when validating titles and rental transactions. So see, then that makes it transparent to everything. And these projections have pushed investors bullish about the fusion of blockchain and real estate and services like Atlant mature and find additional ways to implement features of the real estate industry to their platform. So the real estate market has the potential to become more interconnected and liquid than ever before because people are going to be having tokenized ownership and all of that. You don't even need these, like, you know, if you have a timeshare, you have RCI, you don't have to call into RCI, you know, timeshare ownership, all of that is all just done via, in, you know, blockchain. It's simple. To those out in real estate, understand which way the wind is blowing and adjust your sales. Okay? And so on Fortune.com, Bill Gates plans to tax robots could become a reality in San Francisco. And so this is on September 5th. Um, 2017, robots and automation machines are now handling a lot of work that used to be done by humans in San Francisco, where the robot revolution is moving a little faster than other parts of the country. Robots could take on another human characteristic. They will be taxed. City Supervisor Jane Kim is is a pushing force for a robot tax, which business owners would have to pay when a robot takes over a job done once by a human. It's an idea that Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates brought up earlier this year. In an interview with Quartz, Gates suggested that a robot tax could slow the pace of automation and give those who might be displaced by digital workers a chance to train for, for another job. As he sees it, robots should be taxed the same as humans. So if a machine replaces a factory worker who is making $50,000 a year, the robot tax would equal the amount the business and worker would have paid in taxes and social, social security. Kim, who got the idea for the tax from the court's interview, is talking to tech leaders, public policy makers, and labor groups in San Francisco to determine how the tax might be implemented in San Francisco. The basic premise is that the funds raised from the tax would be used to help displaced workers or to develop some sort of base income initiative. Again, base income is code talk for universal basic income. Understand? So, and and um. That place in particular, you know, in San Francisco is moving faster than in other parts of the country. 
So I think that's a good idea that they should be taxed because <laughs> they are taking jobs from people. And on businessinsider.com, Mercedes-Benz is um, about to reveal a hydrogen-powered SUV. So Mercedes-Benz will join Honda and Toyota in the nascent hydrogen car market. Mercedes said it will unveil a production-ready hydrogen car on September 12th at the Frankfurt Motor Show. The car will will be a hydrogen version of the Mercedes GLC midsize SUV. And so this hydrogen is a... A vehicle that uses hydrogen as is uses as its power, so it, it includes a hydrogen f- um, fuel cell, and um, it's more earth friendly, and it's not such a um, a damaging thing to the earth to use hydrogen. So more and more companies are coming forward, and a lot of countries also I've 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 read that are um, determining that they're going to be you know a hundred percent free, you know, just having regenerative power through solar and wind and other devices, you know, other than stripping the earth of all these minerals, you know, coal and these things to make the oil. And so on fastcompany.com, there's this device that measures the vital signs of anyone in the room. It's designed as an obtrusive way to monitor the health of elderly relatives. That's how it's being marketed. It's just like a radar that police use to see how fast you're going when the signal bounces off the car and can tell you how fast it's moving. So from across the room, a tiny box beaming out lower, low-power radar can tell how fast your heart is beating. The technology initially developed as a concept at NASA to locate victims in a disaster, and it's coming to market as a monitor for elderly people living on their own and eventually could be used by anyone as a tool to predict future health. The startup making the technology thinks that this is an early version of the tricorder from your home, like Star Trek's fictional medical tricorder. It measures vital signs, and so for now it monitors the heart rate and breathing, and they're developing where um, it can also diagnose disease, and so the company's called Wellby, W-E-L-B-I, and the company's first product will connect to a cloud and a mobile app that families can access to a monitor and to monitor an elderly relative's health in real time. So there are several elderly people in um, in the co-founder's family, and so that's where he came, came up with the idea. So a lot of times these ideas are coming from, you know, situations that we are just in and he just acted on it now this 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 same man nasa who previously worked at nasa became interested in commercializing the technology after his children spent time in intensive care as newborns and the tiny monitors attached to each baby kept falling off and so he saw the potential also for remote monitoring and so on a on a on a deeper more obtrusive level and so um, this will be the new, instead of your parents having that thing around their neck or on their wrist or a button in their home, they're proposing that they have this black box that monitors their heart rate and their breathing and their health. And you can check your app and check on how your loved one's doing. On NewScientist.com, Facebook AI learns human reactions after watching hours of Skype. You know, so there's something not quite right about humanoid robots. 
They are cute up to a point, but once they become a bit too realistic, they often start to creep us out. And so um, now Facebook wants robots to climb their way out of it. Researchers at Facebook's AI lab have, have developed an impressive bot, an animation controlled by an artificially intelligent algorithm. The algorithm was trained on hundreds of videos of Skype conversations so that it could learn and then mimic how humans adjust their expressions in response to each other. In tests, it's successfully passed as human-like. <laughs> okay, so the algorithm was trained on hundreds of videos of Skype conversations, and then it learned and mimicked how humans adjust their expressions. And in tests, it successfully passed as human-like. So to optimize its learning, the algorithm divided the human face into 68 key points that it monitored throughout each Skype conversation. The people naturally produce nods, blinks, and various mouth movements to show that they are engaged with the person they are talking to, and eventually the system learned to do this too. The bot was then able to look at a video of a human speaking and choose in real time what the most appropriate facial response would be. If the person was laughing, for example, the mot might choose to open its mouth too or to tilt its head. Book team then tested the system with panels of people who watched animations that include both the bot reacting to a human and the human reacting to a human. And the volunteers judged the bot and the human to be equally naturally, equally natural and realistic. The volunteer judged the bot and the human to be equally natural and realistic. However, the animations were quite basic. It's not clear whether a humanoid robot powered by this algorithm would have natural human reactions. But meanwhile, they have to throw that sentence in there because the sentence before is out of control, that the volunteers judge that the bot and the human to be equally natural and realistic. So additionally, learning the basic rules of facial communication might not be enough to create truly realistic conversation partners. So this is going on with Greg Gordon at Tel Aviv University in, in um, Israel. This is where um, Facebook is um, doing these tests in Tel Aviv University in Israel. Actual facial expressions are based on what you are thinking and feeling. In this case, the Facebook system ends up creating a kind of average personality says Louis Philippe at Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh. And so in the future, more sophisticated bots might be able to pick from a range of personalities or adapt their own to match the person they're talking to. Robots aren't so good at mastering the subtle elements of human interaction, says Gordon. We, are no, we already know that humans prefer speaking with robots that mimic their own facial expressions. He says, but now Facebook is trying to take robot conversation to the next level. At some point, we'll get out of the uncanny valley and come out on the other side. So Facebook will present this work at the International Conference on Intelligent Robot and Systems in Vancouver, Canada, later this month. For those that are interested, that's the International Conference on Intelligent Robots and Systems in Vancouver, Canada, later on in September. And on BigThink.com, a real meat, all vegetarians can eat, now animal-free, supposedly. Now, you see how they frame that. A real meat, almost, in parentheses, all vegetarians can eat, now animal-free. So would you eat meat that was lab-grown? Millions of dollars been bet on the idea that you would. 
Memphis Meats, a company that helps to produce competitively priced lab-grown meat, has recently been given large investments by big names such as Bill Gates and Richard Branson with the huge impact on our environment that modern animal husbandry can have. The U.N. estimates producing meat creates more greenhouse gases than all of our gas-powered vehicles combined, and many environmentalists are praising the idea of lab-grown meat. But many of you are wondering, is it real meat? And if it is, should vegetarians still be concerned? The meat is grown from cells of animals encouraged to reproduce without a larger animal attached. This is what Bill Gates and Richard Branson have invested heavily in. The meat is grown from cells of animals encouraged to reproduce without a larger animal attached. So strictly speaking, yes, it is really animal tissue. It is also generally placed in a growth medium that is similar to what animals are exposed to at some point in their lives. The first publicly available lab meat was grown in a culture made with a fetal calf serum. But is it real enough to mean vegetarians cannot eat it? Yes and no. It depends only on who you ask, but why they choose not to eat meat. Historically, many vegetarians have been dedicated to the idea of animal rights, such as Peter Singer, have argued that eating an animal is, is wrong along the lines of feeling compassion for anything sentient or that can feel pain. For these people, eating meat that was never part of a larger living thing might be more palatable. But why would you want to eat something grown in a lab that still comes from an animal or animal parts? It's disgusting. You have to be careful if, you know, you're buying meat <laughs> And, of course, many people are still queasy about the idea of artificial meat. Would you eat lab-grown steak? Fortunes have been bet on the idea that you would. But would you be willing to agree that a major ethical hurdle has been cleared? Perhaps, perhaps not. So they're, you know, making it an ethical thing. This is how they're going to come at the people. So they have lab-grown steak and all kinds of lab-grown meat. And, you know... God bless us all. And on futurity.org, there's a high-frequency chip that's now been made that makes the Internet faster than anything that's available now. The high-frequency chip makes the fastest Internet speeds look slow. Energy, in, engineers have created a high-frequency electronic chip potentially capable of transmitting tens of gigabytes of data per second, much faster than the fastest internet available today. Ahmed Monemi, an assistant professor of, elect- of electrical and computer engineering at the University of California, Davis, and doctoral student Hassan Jalil, designed a chip using a phased array antenna system. Phased array systems funnel the energy from the multiple sources into a single beam that can be narrowly steered and directed to a specific location. So phased array are pretty difficult to create, especially at higher frequencies, Monami says. But we are the first to achieve this much bandwidth frequency. So just to give you an idea of how fast this is, you know, our current networks at 4G run at 2.6 gigahertz with up to 20 megahertz. Monami and Jalili's operates at 370 gigahertz as compared to 4G, which is 2.6, 370 and 52 gigahertz of bandwidth. So this is like blink of an eye as the brain moves kind of speed. 
So most modern electronics are designed to operate at lower frequencies. However, the growing demand for faster communication and new and emerging applications of sensing and imaging are driving the creation of technologies that function at higher frequencies. Again, it's all about the frequencies. Overstand, you know, the metaphysics of it. Theoretically, 4G cellular networks have reached their data rate limit, Monami says, as we continue to migrate to systems like cloud computing and next-generation cellular networks, the need for speed is growing. Higher frequencies mean more bandwidth, and more bandwidth means higher data rate. So this tiny piece of hardware designed is evidence that it's possible to harness the large available bandwidth at multimedia, at, at, a, at a millimeter wave and terahertz bands, terahertz bands on a single compact chip. This important step toward the development of scalable systems that can be used to sharpen technologies like spectac- like, um, spec- like sensing, radar, medical imaging, high-speed communication. So um, this is where it's going, 370 gigahertz as opposed to 2.6. So get ready. And on Bloomberg.com, the question is being asked, are taxis the new banks? Are taxis the new banks? Why, why ride-sharing companies are getting into financial services in Southeast Asia, mobile banking is taking on a whole new meaning. Last week, Grab, one of the region's top ride-hailing companies, announced that users of its app can start sending credits used to pay for rides to each other. By the end of the year, they'll be able to use those credits at more than 1,000 restaurants and retailers. If all goes well, Grab will one day be known as an e-payment platform that just happens to offer a taxi service. That's a radical evolution, but hardly illogical. As many as 2 billion people lack access to traditional financial services worldwide. And I mentioned this in previous podcasts as well, that the banks are on notice as well with this technology moving forward. So most are concentrated in developing countries with cash-based economies where banks have long resisted offering services such as loans, checking accounts, and credit cards. As economies in these countries rise, technology is helping entrepreneurs leapfrog old ways of doing business. In particular, mobile phones have enabled a parallel financial system to evolve with some intriguing results. The trend began in Kenya, over standing Africa. In 2007, Safaricom LTD introduced M-Pesa, a service that allowed users to move money via text message. In short, in, um, in um, short order, M-Pesa evolved into a full-fledged payment and banking system that runs on the region's dominant feature phones. And in 2016, M-Pesa processed 6 billion transactions with 30 million customers in 10 countries. Africa has more mobile money accounts than it has bank accounts, okay? Africa has, now has more mobile money accounts than it has bank accounts. In Asia, the transformation has been just as dramatic. China's leading e-commerce and social media service, Alibaba and WeChat, have created payment platforms that are so ubiquitous that cash has all but disappeared in some places. In 2016, people in China made about $5.5 trillion in e-payments. In India, about a fifth of the population now uses such payments, mostly through startups such as Paytm e-commerce, PVT. Southeast Asia is the next frontier and in some ways the most interesting with, six, with um, 640 million people 
640 million people, and growing access to the Internet and the mobile phones is certainly fertile ground for financial startups. Over the past three years, they've started to emerge from a surprising source, an innovative local ride-hailing industry. That being an unusual business model in places where credit cards and bank accounts are common, Uber Technologies, for one, would have little incentive to try something similar in the U.S. But in countries such as Indonesia, where 36% of the people have a bank account, the fewer than 5% have a credit card, it's a great way to lure users and lock them into convenient payment platform. So more than 200,000 drivers who work for Gojek, Indonesia's leading ride-sharing service, can use their e-wallets to store their earnings or spend them on other services. So customers use the wallets to pay for everything from food delivery to massages to house cleaning. And this is also going on in um, more affluent Singapore. Grab has the same idea, expanding the use of the e-wallet to small businesses such as coffee shops. So taxi companies are going to war with banks for the chance to offer e-payments. You know, would have sounded implausible just a few years ago, but today it's great news for consumers particularly those left out of the traditional financial services market. You know, so if there's no backdoor, create one, right? Paul Lawrence Dunbar, okay? A great poet. When there's no backdoor, they create one. They tried to close the door, and people are making it happen. And that should really inspire one, because it's inspiring me. And also, you know, to look into those companies, you know, for investment purposes. For real, for real. We're going to take a music moment and um, come back with Herbnology. Blessings and grace.
Sam, Uncle Tom, Big Brother, the whole family's coming for your last fit. Pick a signs ain't gonna make change. Learn your principles. You rap in revolution, but you work for the institution. When will you declare your destiny? When will you obliterate all that associate with the forged realities of the day? Insubordination is alive. Young Africans, you are blinded. There will be no resting in peace. There is no alternative. Re-evolve until your uneasiness is solved. Compliance does not exist. Hear the sounds of your alarm. No snooze will soothe the tears on the pews. Muses, muses, blues and yellows. There will be no resting in peace. But what is revolution? What is solution when no knowledge is a problem? See, do you? I stay woke, stay broke, stay choking on my pride. And if my phone rings, please know that I'm inside myself. My eyes burn blue, for they sizing up your time to be through with phone calls. And I'm reading you, seeing you, pleading you. Wake up, 
Blessings and grace. Moving forward into herbnology. I mentioned some herbs earlier and the theme, um, and I wanted to go over them as far as the healing properties of them as well. Um, Lemongrass. Lemongrass health benefits include relief from stomach disorders, insomnia, respiratory disorders, fevers, aches, infections, rheumatisms, and edema. The defensive antioxidant activity of the lemongrass or protects against antibiotic resistant Staphylococcus auroris. So it helps protect against antibiotic resistance Staphylococcus auroris and helps in maintaining optimum cholesterol levels, cellular health, nervous system, healthy skin, and immune system. It's also effective in treating type 2 diabetes cancer, and obesity, while also aiding in detoxification. It's extensively used in aromatherapy, and it helps combat fatigue, anxiety, as well as body odor. So lemongrass is beneficial. And juniper, juniper berries um, improve digestion. Um, It has diuretic properties. It's antimicrobial and antifungal, you know, and it also is an antioxidant. Overstand the nature of the most high. And pine. Pine um, has over 170 different species of, of um, pine. But the essential oil is what is, is what is extracted. And the innermost bark can be dried and eaten. And it's valued for its high nutrient content. So that's the bark, the innermost bark, dried and eaten. And then the white pine needles can be brewed into um, teas that has beneficial qualities as well, and it helps to boost immunity. It has um, considerable amounts of vitamin C, and it aids in improving skin health. It helps improve the health of the eyes. Um, it helps in preventing hair loss and dandruff. It helps to eliminate pathogens from the body, and it's also improving blood circulation. So that's pine. And I also mentioned cedarwood. And so cedarwood oil is what's extracted through the process of steam distillation, you know, um, from pieces of the cedarwood tree. And so um, it's supposed to cure inflammation and also prevent infections and has anti-inflammatory properties. It helps to relieve spasms. It's a health tonic. Um, since it tones the organs and stimulates metabolism, it tightens and tones muscles, skin, nervous system, stomach, digestive system, and brain functions. It has astringent po- um, properties properties as well, and it helps to cure toothaches and strengthens loose muscles and gives the feeling of firmness and fitness in youth. It's also a diuretic to get rid of, you know, um, for hypertension, high blood pressure, rheumatism, gout, 
urinary tract infections, um, any kind of accumulation of toxins in the body. And it helps to also eliminate cough. And cedarwood oil has been used as a mosquito and insect repellent for a long time. So um, look into cedarwood. Also sage. Um, Sage is, you know, been a medicine well-documented, stretches back thousands of years. It was initially used for the treatment of snake bites and protecting against evil, boosting female fertility, you know, (laughs) In the olden days, so modern research has discovered that it has a cognitive boost. It's shown that small amounts of sage, whether smelled or consumed, can also increase recall abilities and memory retention. The brain activity demonstrated increased concentration and focus on a chosen topic, which means that for young people in school, for those challenging intellectually demanding careers, a bit of it in your diet you know, could be an effective brain booster. It treats inflammation issues. It has um, an antioxidant impact. Chronic conditions and degenerative diseases, you know, can be some of the most debilitating and dangerous health, you know, health concerns. And so um, antioxidant compounds found in sage um, work to neutralize free radicals and prevent them from creating oxidative stress in heart organism um, within the organ systems and skin, joint, muscles, and even the brain. And so cognitive, cognitive disorders, you know, SAGE does have the ability to stimulate brain function to improve memory and concentration. It also works to eliminate cognitive disorders that may arise, including Alzheimer's and dementia. So although research in these applications are still in the relatively early stages, it's exciting to see real strides being taken with herbal alternatives to, you know, a pharmaceutical treatment. And it's supposed to help um, strengthen the immune system and bone strength. You know, um, one of the most overlooked benefits of sage is its superior level of vitamin K, which is an essential vitamin for the body. And it isn't found in many common foods. So vitamin K is a crucial element in developing bone density and ensuring the integrity of our bones as we age. So, um, you know, if you if um, if um, one suffer early signs of osteoporosis, you know, and have lived a rather nutrient poor sedentary lifestyle, then the bone health is likely low. So adding sage leaves to your diet can increase the vitamin K level significantly and a single, um, you know, 27% of your daily, daily recommended intake. And it also helps to treat skin conditions like eczema and psoriasis and acne. And, you know, um, managing diabetes, keeping the skin healthy, improving digestion, growth and development of bones. So that's good for the children, you know, especially popping some sage in the rice and the stew and whatever you're cooking on the fish. Boosts cognitive development and immune system you know, and helps to reduce inflammation and improve overall health. And so, you know, these different herbs are here for us to be healed with, and we should definitely look into them, you know, juniper berries and um, sweetgrass and sage and see how it can change our lives, our inner and outer metaphysical and physical being, in Jesus' name. And we're going to take a music moment, and I'll be back with the metaphysics of the moment. Thank you. 
gratitude is fueling for the actions I partake in. So in doing what I love, I get to keep it all. Perceptions leave much room to be mistaken. So in doing what I say, my word is covenant. I expect nothing but the best from myself, not myself nor me. Putting personality under subordination of the master key. Which is the most high in I and I? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Whatever you're dwelling on is the reality that you're creating. Use your concentration wisely, because your only limitation is your imagination. Priority one is to focus on the most high in the meditation. Develop the routine, keep the room clean. The physical and spiritual accommodation The daily from the written word Learn from the example Then put it into practical use Within your temple The real work is to know The truth is to see The real life is to grow Into what you need So what you think is in this heart So is he Whatever you're dwelling on Is the reality that you're creating Use your concentration wisely because your only limitation is your imagination. Trust inside the flesh requiring emancipation from the source of the vexation, which is the enemy. Anyhow, you let the mind control corrupt your state of meditation. You compromise your soul, focus of the goal, and move further from the free. Where you want to be, shaping your destiny.
It is time you open up that metaphysical grave that has been dug for you, the part of you, the spark that lays buried. That is what's going to open you up. That's what's going to give you the ability to escape. Escape your metaphysical mind. 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 Blessings and grace, and welcome to the metaphysics of the moment. I'm going to start off with 10 true things that Jesus said that you won't find in the Bible. The first step to knowing God is to know yourself. He who has known himself has already achieved knowledge about the depth of all, the book of Thomas, the contender. That which you will save you, that which you have will save you if you bring it forth from yourself, Gospel of Thomas. That which you have will save you if you bring it forth from yourself, Gospel of Thomas. Those who have come to know themselves will enjoy their possession. Gospel of Philip. All answers can be found within. What you seek after is within the dialogue of the Savior. Beware that no one leads you astray, saying, Lo here, or lo there, for the Son of Man is within you. Follow after him. Those who seek him will find him. The Gospel of Mary. Matthew, Lord, when I speak, who listens? The Lord said, it is the one who speaks who also listens. And it is the one who can see who also reveals. The dialogue of the Savior. What you are looking for is here on earth. The kingdom is inside of you, and it is outside of you. Gospel of Thomas. The kingdom is inside of you, and it is outside of you. Gospel of Thomas. The disciples said, What is the place to which we are going? The Lord stand in the place you can reach. Stand in the place you can reach. You have to grow up. You have to raise yourself. Raise your children. Raise your vibration. Raise your frequency. Dialogue of the Savior. His disciples said, When will the kingdom come? It will not come by waiting for it. It will not come by waiting for it. It will not be a matter of saying, here it is or there it is. Rather, the kingdom of the Father is spread out upon the earth, and men do not see it. Gospel of Thomas. Overstand. You know, and this is from the Gospel of Truth, from the Nagamati. The Father's Son is Jesus of the utmost sweetness. His wisdom contemplates the word. His teaching expresses it. His knowledge has revealed it. His honor is a crown upon it. His joy agrees with it. His glory has exalted it. His image has revealed it. His rest has received it. His love has embodied it. His trust has embraced it. Thus the word of the Father goes forth into all, being the fruit of his heart and expression of his will. It supports all. 
It chooses them and also takes the character of all and purifies them, causing them to return to the Father, to the Mother, Jesus' utmost sweetness. The Father opens his bosom, and his bosom is the Holy Spirit. He reveals his hidden self, which is his Son, so that through the compassion of the Father, the eternal beings may know him and their wearying search for the Father and rest themselves in him, knowing that this is rest. After he had filled what was incomplete, he did away with its form. After he had filled, be you till full, overstand. After he had filled what was incomplete, he did away with its form. The form that which was incomplete is the world which it serves. For there, for where there is envy and strife, there is incompleteness. But where there is unity, there is completeness. Since this incompleteness came about because they did not know the Father, from the moment when they know the Father, incompleteness will cease to exist. As one's ignorance disappears, when one gains knowledge, and as darkness disappears, when light appears, so also incompleteness is eliminated by completeness. Certainly from that moment on, form is no longer manifest, but will be dissolved in fusion with unity will be dissolved in fusion with unity. Now their works lie scattered. In time, unity will make these spaces complete. By means of unity, each one will understand himself. By means of knowledge, one will purify himself from multiplicity into unity, devouring matter within himself like fire and darkness by light and death by life. Waking up and coming to knowledge. What then is that which he wants such one to think? I am like the shadows and phantoms of the night. When morning comes, this one knows that the fear that had been experiencing was nothing. This one knows that the fear that had been experienced was nothing, that they were ignorant of the Father. He is the one whom they did not see. Since there had been fear and confusion and lack of confidence and double-mindedness and division, there were many illusions that were conceived by them, as well as empty ignorance, as if they were fast asleep and found themselves a prey to troubled dreams. Either they are fleeing somewhere, or they lack strength to escape when pursued. They are involved in inflicting blows, or they themselves receive bruises. They are falling from high places, or they fly through the air with no wings at all. At other times, it is as if certain people were trying to kill them, even though there is no one pursuing them, or they themselves are killing those beside them, or they stained by their blood, until the moment when they who are passing through all these things, I mean they who have experienced all these confusions, awaken. They see nothing, because the dreams were nothing. It is thus that they who cast ignorance from them like sleep, do not consider it to be, not, to, be, to be anything, nor regard its properties to be something real. But they renounce them 
like a dream in the night, and they consider the knowledge of the Father to be the dawn. It is thus that each one has acted, as if asleep, during the time of ignorance, and thus a person comes to understand, as if awakening. And happy is the one who comes to himself and awakens. Indeed, blessing on one who has opened the eyes of the blind. The spirit came to this person in haste when the person was awakened. The spirit came to this person in haste when the person was awakened. Having given its hand to the one lying prone on the ground, it placed him firmly on his feet, but he had not yet stood up. This gave them the means of knowledge. This gave them the means of knowing the knowledge of the Father and the revelation of his Son. For they saw it and listened to it. For they saw it and listened to it. He permitted them to take a taste of and to smell and to grasp the beloved Son. You know, so, and putting knowledge into practice, speaking Speak concerning the truth of those who seek it and of knowledge to those who in error, who in their error have committed sin. Make sure-footed those who stumble and stretch forth your hands to the sick. Nourish the hungry and set at ease those who are troubled. Rise, raise up and awaken those who sleep. You are this understanding that seizes you. You are this understanding that seizes you. If the strong follow this course, they are even stronger. Overstand. If the strong follow this course, they are even stronger. Turn your attention to yourselves. Do not be concerned with other things, namely that which you have cast forth from yourself, which you have dismissed. Do not return to them to eat them. Do not be moth-eaten. Do not be worm-eaten. For you have already shaken it off. Do not be a place of the devil. For you have already destroyed him. Do not strengthen your last obstacle, because that is reprehensible. For the lawless one is nothing. He harms himself more than the law. For that one does his work because he is a lawless person. But this one, because he is a righteous person, does his work among others. Do the will of the Father then. For you are from him. You are from him. And the Father restores deficiency with fullness. This is the word of the gospel about finding the fullness for those who wait for the salvation that come from above. You know, it you restores deficiency with fullness, incompleteness to completeness. Overstand. You have to stand within yourself and claim your authenticity and what you're here to do and hold true to it, you know. And Jesus became a guide, Jesus as a quiet guide. And Jesus became a guide, quiet and at leisure. In the middle of the school, he came and spoke a word as a teacher. Those who were wise in their own estimation came to put him to test. But he discredited them as empty-headed people. They hated him because they were really because they really were not wise. Overstand. After all these, 
came also the little children, those who possessed knowledge of the Father. When they became strong, they were taught the aspects of the Father's face. They came to know, and they were known, and they were glorified, and they gave glory. So in, so in the manifestation, we are glorified, and we're given glory at the same time. At the same time, you know, so there's nothing to do it but to do it and, you know, let your energy overwhelm you and see what you feel like, you know, get all up in it and write down and meditate and, you know, burn your incense and create your space that induces creativity inside of you so that that can manifest, create ease of movement and awareness. You know, for yourself and others. Love on oneself. It's important. We're going to take a music moment. Blessings and grace. Thank you. 
brown kittens, bright copper kettles and warm willing mittens, brown paper packages tied up with dreams. These are a few. And crisp apple strudel, doorbells and sleigh bells, and chenilles filled with noodles. Wild geese that fly with the moon on their wings. These are a few of my favorite things. Girls with their dresses and blue satin sashes, the biggest thing on my nose and my lashes. Take what wind if it melts into spring. These are a few of my favorite things. Dogs bite, bees sing, queen of feelings sad. So we be me. Person, great things and beatings and suffering and worsening, like human packages tied up in strings, like rage can come from all these kinds of things, like rage founded on blatant denial, these economic subsistence survival, deafening silence and social control. And then I don't 
When your heart is broken down, down, down And your head don't reach the sky Pick your broken wings and fly
Blessings and grace. And thank you for joining me for another podcast of Women's Wednesday. I'd like to um, give blessings and praise to my co-host, The Frequency. That helps express. That was just Laura Mulvo, Overcome. Um, Lauren Hill, Black, Black Rage. Betty Carter, My Favorite Things. Osalade at Scorpio Smykonos. Sun Ra, Godspell. Sarak, Chi High Swords Low. Janine, Gratitude. Oshun, I Wake Up, I Stay Woke. Lauren Hill, World is a Hustle. Etsia, Ja Will Provide, the Dub Remix. Celestine, Let It Go. Morgan Nicola, Wonder. Ashley Dubois, Better. Oshun, Stuck. Kita, Stand for Something. Andrea Triana, Gold. Oshun, Gods. Christine Miller, Ja, Plan for We. Earthology by the Whitefield Brothers featuring Bajaka, Syrock, the First Mother, and John Nine, Intentions. Blessings and strength to all, love to all, and, 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 uh, and a mass awakening to everyone that listened to this podcast today. In Yeshua's name, amen.
Adopted from Ra Unnefa Amen, Tree of Life Meditation System. <laughs> 